to decide what's going to be your ultimate authority in life. It really boils down to this choice, God's word or the world. The best decisions are based on what God says. If you base your life on God's word, the truth never changes and is always the best. Truth is always true. Transforming your life from good to better to best. I know that you have been thinking and thinking and thinking because I've given you much to engage with this process of doing the best thing for you during the last few weeks. So today, I want to share with you, I want to talk about how to choose what is best over simply what is good. And as you do that, you'll be able to make distinctions between decisions that are good, better, or best. If you do not do this, this is why I'm, I'm taking time and giving wisdom doing this podcast. Failure to make these distinctions in your decision making leads to mediocrity, apathy, and complacency. You don't want that, do you? No, you don't. You know, the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. This I pray that you will be filled with the knowledge of his will with all spiritual wisdom and insight. I'm in Colossians now. So that you may discern what is best and may be pure and blameless unto the day of Christ. That's Colossians 1, 9 through 11. You know, I was reading and I'm always one. I am a history buff and I love to read uh, about what has taken place and what went down. There was a bishop of a century ago and he pronounced from his pulpit in a periodical that he edited that heavier than air flight was both impossible and contrary to the will of God. On the irony, that bishop, the Wright brothers, Orville and Wilbur, they proved him to be wrong. That bishop was sure of himself, but he was wrong. This is Robert P. Duggan Jr. and the article is Winning the New Civil War, page 38. You know, have you ever wondered how to tell the difference between a good idea and a better choice or the best evaluative decision? And the most difficult decisions require a God-given wisdom that helps us discern between what is good, what is best, and what is better. And from a biblical perspective, yeah, that's how we need to do it. What is good, what is better, what is best. And often people evaluate information only on the credibility of the speaker. In the case of the first century disciples, they had to decide if Agabus was a true or false prophet when he predicted there would be great famine all over the world in Acts 11 and 28. In the early church, a true prophet could be recognized by their ability to speak the word of God with complete accuracy. The disciples were able to make a discerning evaluation of Agabus because they were in harmony with the spiritual discernment given by the Holy Spirit. Once while Francis of Assisi was hosing his garden, he was asked, what would you do if you suddenly learned that you were to die at sunset today? You know what he said? I would finish hoeing my garden. Ask the Lord to give you a finer discerning sense of the Spirit's leading in all of your decisions. Because just like Francis of Assisi, he was just saying, hey, no man knows the day of the hour. You can say this. You can say that. And if the Lord is coming, I'm going to be doing just what I'm doing. I'm going to keep moving in this. I'm not going to throw this hole down and get to run and say I don't have just a few more hours. And is that not what we do in our lives a lot of times? Someone come in. We're all flowing in what we had scheduled and what we're doing. And someone comes in. 
I call them emergencies. I call them the urgencies of life will come in and then everything is so just disruptive from that point on. And you have to make a decision. What you're going to do? Well, it's called something in the word of God. You know what that is? It's called discernment. Mm. The writer of Hebrews said, but solid food is full is for full-grown men, for those whose senses and mental faculties are trained by practice to discriminate and distinguish between what is morally good and noble and what is evil and contrary, either to divine or human law. That's Hebrews 5 and 14. The more we become doers of the word rather than merely hearers, the better we're able to make the better decisions in every situation. That's what it's saying right there. The disciples based their decisions upon the teachings of scripture. When Agabus spoke, they were able to evaluate if the thrust of his teaching resounded with the main biblical things. People who have exhibited a consistent delivery of spirit-led teaching are humble steward delivering merely what God has given to them. Yes, it is so important to learn how to be a good steward of the word of God that you can take the provisions from the Lord's kitchen, which is the Bible, and not mess it up. Don't dilute it or add to it. Doing the delivery to the tables of those in waiting. Oh, I just said a mouthful. Ask God to help you to be a better discerner of those who are doing the best job as scriptural stewards. That's not diluting it, not messing it up, not adding to it before it's delivered to you. And the only way you can weigh that out is that you're going to have to begin to experience through godly associations around you. This is how the disciples, they hung out and hey, they were in harmony. Those that were around you, those that are in harmony. That was another test that I didn't even bring up in the past week, the harmony test. It is so important because I'm going to deal with the topic about your associations, about those that you are connected to. But I'm here to tell you, you got to learn. You got to learn how to be a good steward of the provisions from the Lord's kitchen. Uh, that that he has set before you, God will bring into you and you got to balance it all out and you learn. And then you find those that come and presenting a meal to you if they in harmony with you or not. It's even so with the food that you eat naturally. So it's nothing wrong with all the food that you eat, but you can't eat all the food. It's all good, but it's not the best for you. Uh, I think I brought that on in. So the disciples learned from the experiences of discerning phonies from their experience with Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 6. See, a counterfeiter tries to make an imitation of something genuine to deceive you, to defraud you, or pretend something to be what it is not in reality. Ananias lied to the Holy Spirit, who was probably the crowning act of a life of counterfeit goodness. <laughs> yeah. Few people commit spiritual counterfeiting unless they have a pattern of deception in their past. Really, check into people's backgrounds to examine their track record and you will become much more discerning of how to distinguish between good, better, and people who have made the best decision. Look at the background. Look and see. It's just like when Peter and John were entering into the temple. Man was laying there lame. All kind of people had been giving them money. They first thing they said, they said, look on us. In other words, check us out. Silver and gold have we now, but we sure got what to get you on your feet and get you through this door. And you can go in and you're going to be happy about it. Uh, why? Because they had experienced it and they wanted him to experience it as well. So you look at the past. Look at somebody's life before you listen to what they say. Look at their lives. Check into their background. Examine their track record. Oh, yes. 
and it will enable you to be more discerning, that you can distinguish the good, the better, and the best in what you do in making your decisions. Remember, God is more interested in those who have shown faithful obedience where he gave the fruit. Mm. The disciples learned from Peter, who exposed the sin of spiritual counterfeiting for the benefit of the church. In Acts, the sixth chapter, it is, well, it's often a painful task to expose someone who is guilty of lying to the church. But sometimes it is necessary. We live in a world that prefers people to be tolerant of everyone. Help people face facts of what is best in biblical terms. That's it right there. When you don't use the biblical terms, you're going to end up hurting. You're going to be in pain. But one thing about it, when you do it in biblical terms, we learn in Hebrew, oh, that chastening, oh, it may be grievous for a moment, but it will, what, bear out in peaceable fruit. Mm, That's why I'm saying God will give the fruit. It will bear out every time, every time. I have seen it happen. You know, the disciples learn how to look for motives more than methods of a person. Ananias' struggle was primarily within his own selfish, prideful, and greedy desires. When someone practices spiritual counterfeiting, they are manifesting inward desires to gain something that is not rightfully theirs. No one lies to other people until they have first lied to the Lord. Ask the Lord to help you practice honesty in your own personal life, and you will be less likely to display any signs of spiritual counterfeiting. Yeah. Ask God to give you the assistance of godly elders in the church. Yeah. Some people connect up with people. If you look at their life and look at their background, why are you listening to what they say? Look for the assistance of, you heard me say, godly elders. They can help you apply the gifts of discernment to your decisions. Seek godly counsel to be able to gain God's guidance in making the best decisions for yourself. Because let me tell you, when God bolts the door, don't try to get in through the window. The will of God never will lead you where the grace of God cannot keep you. (laughs) Glory to God. God is so good. He's awesome. And so I want to say to you, ask the Lord to help your decisions take into account biblical, spiritual, moral, mental, social, historical, and interpersonal factors. And I'm going to conclude this with a prayer. We're going to pray. I believe God to do some great and mighty things in your life because you're going to do what's best for you. I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of your calling. What is the exceeding riches of his glorious riches of your inheritance? And what is the exceeding great power for you who believe? Ephesians 1, 18 and 19. I love you on today. Do not hastily ascribe things to God. (laughs) It's not always God. Sometimes it's people. But God will give you the discernment. He'll give you to know and to understand when you use the Bible as your book, your foundation. Do not easily suppose dreams or voices or impressions, visions or revelations to be from God. They may be from him. They may be from nature. They may be from the devil. But let me tell you right now, if you begin to invest your time, and you began to connect up to those that are godly elders and those that are godly counselors and godly guiding you, I'm telling you right now, you will move into making the best decisions in your life. Oh, yes, you will. And it will change your life inside out. Well, 
My prayer for you is that God allows you to live as long as you want and that you never want as long as you live. I am Carol Dixon, and this is Dash. Thank you for tuning in to Dash Podcast with Dr. Carolee Dixon. We pray that you have been mightily blessed by this message on today. For more information on our resources and how you can partner and support Dash Podcast, log on to our website at caroldixon.net. We are a 501c3 organization, and with your donations and generous giving, will help us continue to podcast to your location and around the world, for we are working positively, productively, and prayerfully. Also, we want to hear from you. Let us know how Dash has made a difference in your life. Contact us through Facebook at Carol Dixon, Twitter at I am Carol Dixon, or email us at I am Carol Dixon at gmail.com.